Today, I have my friend Savannah Freemayer on the show, who it appears to be the last in my most recent plant medicine series. Um, There are a couple of my dear friends who still want to come on the show and they may be episodes that are released in the future. But for now, sink your teeth into this very juicy, very fun, uh, very loving, expansive conversation with Savannah all about her recent experience, which was her first time sitting with Mother Ayahuasca. Savannah, hi. Hey, Sarah. (laughs) Thanks for joining me again. I'm so excited. I think you might be my first guest that I've had on twice. Oh, I don't know. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I just realized that this morning. I was like, oh, we've talked before. Am I talking again? (laughs) And last time we got all into the like sex and mm, a lot of sexual healing and a lot of yummy stuff and it was super juicy conversation. So I'm excited this time to be talking with you about your recent plant medicine journey, which was your first commune with ayahuasca, right? Yes. And I'm sure we'll also dive into sexual healing too, (laughs) because it's definitely an integral part of um, my life and my journey. But yeah, yeah, it seems to be... um, something we we cover often (laughs) I love it all right well yeah I would love to hear um however you want to start I'm so excited I've been loving doing this series with um our brothers and sisters our fam uh who sat with us which was such a gift to to be able to commune with the mother ayahuasca or the grandmother ayahuasca whatever your preference may may be um in a group of, of family like Gosh, that was just so amazing. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear wherever you feel to start, even to when you felt called to go or whatever feels most like the starting point for you. Yeah. So I was introduced, I believe, to ayahuasca um, a few years ago, I think even just on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. And I was always a little bit like curious about it, but just hearing the stories I was uh, terrified and I'm like, oh, I don't think that that's for me yet. And I was just starting my own um, intentional relationship with plant medicines. You know, I had tried mushrooms before in like a recreational level and cannabis the same way, Uh, but starting to use plant medicines for healing grief and trauma um, started two years ago, actually in September when I had my first mushroom ceremony um, with intention. And uh, this was a couple of months after my father had passed. And I had this great realization of this like sense of oneness, like that no matter where he is, our energy is touching. And so I got to really feel what power um, plant medicines have on healing. Um, I think that there's a huge misconception that is starting to slowly unwind and unfold that plant medicines are just drugs. And I think that's so far from the truth because I have no desire to go jump back in with ayahuasca like anytime soon. I definitely will again. Um, But yeah, I I felt the call um, really strongly at the end of last year when I tried uh, the Bufo toad, the 5-MeO DMT. And shortly after that, I got in, invited to go do um, an ayahuasca journey. And I, you know, I, I was terrified, but I felt this like pull 
I was like, I know I need to do this. And it was interesting because there was people coming in and out of the circle as we were preparing. And I'm like, no, I can't leave. I'm staying. This is what I'm doing. I'm committed. And it was just, it was very powerful pull. Uh, the dieta itself was powerful for me. So the, the two weeks before of letting go, uh, you know, just certain substances and just being really intentional about what I put into my body, like definitely set the scene for like the relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was super nervous. I had dreams about her, like about ayahuasca for months, like leading up to it, where I would dream about drinking it and just, you know, kind of figuring out in my, in my dream world, like what it tastes like, what it does, what I might experience. And it was, it was really powerful. Cause I think that was even more validation of like, you're still coming, right? <laughs> like like we're still got you in the RSVPs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I remember my first time when I went to Saltara Healing Center, I remember those same feelings like underlying, I knew that I was exactly where I meant to be. At the top level, there was a lot of nervousness and a lot of like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? What is this? What is it going to be like? What am I going to experience? But the calling and the pull was undeniable. And it was like this calm river that flowed underneath all of the kind of other stuff, which was really just related to the fear of the unknown, I guess. Yeah. And that's where the beauty of healing happens, right? Is in the unknown. But I would be like silly to not admit that I wasn't fucking terrified. (laughs) Um, So yeah, preparing for it and then getting the space ready and then getting my crystals out, which I did like speaking of sexual healing, I brought my Yoni um, blue calcite wand um, just to bring that like good energy into it and just to to honor that that is part of me. Um, part of the dieta is not having sex like with myself or anybody else, but still honoring that it wasn't, it's not because sex is bad, but it's just to um, conserve that energy for healing. Um, so, And it is powerful energy. I think that's what I wasn't quite clear um, on you know, in the I followed the data, of course, as well. The first time, oh well, every time I commune with the plant, but the first time, and I didn't fully understand why that was a thing. But you know, as I've been on my journey to understand sex and tantric energy and all of that, and what it's like, it is so powerful. Like it makes a lot of sense to me now that that's not something that I want to be sharing or expressing or even generating in myself when I'm that close to going in and, and, and being in the energy of the medicine space. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of, uh, downloads come through even with my, like my sexuality and my body being sacred. It was very powerful, but I remember we were all in the circle and it was time to drink. And, you know, there was, two voices like inside of me, there's like, don't fucking do this. Don't do that. What's it? Just, just say no. Like you can say no. (laughs) And there's another part that's like, just do it. Just jump off the cliff and like, see where it takes you because there's been so many opportunities in your life that you took that leap of faith and amazing things happen. So it's like, well, I'm here. I've prepared for this. Everyone's here. I'm going to have huge FOMO if I, (laughs) if I don't drink this. So I went up and and drank and it was like actually pleasantly um delicious to me 
I feel like I remember you saying like, oh, it tastes good. Did you? <laughs> and I, the very first time I ever drank, I thought the same thing. I was like, this is really great. I'm at the point now where I'm like, Ooh. I mean, I actually gagged, I think, one of the nights. Like I nearly threw up right after I'd taken it, which is ironic because I've never purged. I've never actually thrown up in ceremony, but it is so hard for me to keep it down in that first little bit. So it was, I was like, Oh, I remember that first time when it tasted good and it really doesn't taste good to me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Which I don't get that. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, something start, while it's in there. <laughs> yeah. You start connecting like, Oh, uh, that makes me feel sick and it makes me see shit. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, but I remember I sat down and it was, dark and you know kind of quiet before the music was being played and I'm like okay uh so when does this start because I'm used to you know mushrooms like about 30 minutes in I'm like okay I definitely feel it and especially if I'm like still and it's dark like that's when I start really going deep and I'm like nothing is happening and then I heard this chatter and it was like well, nothing's happening because you shouldn't be here and this isn't for you. And what do you think you're doing here? And you're not worthy of this. And it's just like every like negative, like self-critical like voice was like, had a megaphone. It was, it was hard and it was intense. And then when he Um, called up to take the second cup, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take in a second cup because clearly I'm on the edge right now. You know, that like monkey mind, like before the threshold is crossed. I was like, I'm going to take another one. And so I took it and I'm like, okay, still nothing's really happening. And then I started seeing like images of just like grotesque things and like tons of like eyes and mouths. I'm like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) And I heard all these uh, voices like, like inside of me, like I knew that it was a a deeper, like inner voice and, and maybe it was guiding me, but it was not gentle. It was very abrupt. Like you, um, you're comfortable in staying with some like low vibration things and people. That's why you have chosen those things in the past because you're not ready to feel great and feel joy. And first of all, my intention was to feel more joy in my heart or feel what brings my heart joy. And I was shown that whole night, all the ways that I prevent myself from feeling joy. Like as I've come out of it and like integrated, like that's what it was showing me. And it was showing me that it was cleaning out all of those things. It was like going through the basement and just like this, this doesn't belong here anymore. Can we get rid of this now? Like, why are we still holding on to this shit? Here's some cobwebs. Let's clear that out. And it was um, physically really uncomfortable for me, especially that first night. Um, saw, yeah, I just saw a lot of images of um, just stuff that you would find like underground, you know, creepy crawly things and scary things and grotesque things and all the things um, that you, know, you might find in a horror film, <laughs> like just, just gross. But um, I remember the circle was closing and then it hit me. I just started feeling like out of my body. Um, I started to feel a little bit more like nauseous and I, I was like, Oh, 
okay, well, we're almost done. She's closing the circle. Like, it's good. Like, this is this will be over soon, right? <laughs> I think for me, it was just starting. <laughs> like, when, when we were all, like, packing up and going to eat soup in the kitchen. And I remember I got up, and I really, like, was out of it. it it's like that, that feeling of being half asleep still. You're like, okay, I have to get up and get ready for work. But I'm still, I'll, I'll just go through the motions until I wake up. And I went in the kitchen and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to eat some bread and some soup. It's been like 10 hours since I've had anything and maybe 12. And I just, I couldn't eat it. I was like, what is food? <laughs> like, what is this? I was like, I almost forgot how to chew. And I just remember sitting at the, the countertop and felt everybody's energy. I was listening to everyone's stories and some people were talking about how amazing their experience was. And so I started to feel really self-conscious about having this like grotesque, almost like experience. Um, and I just, I was sitting there laughing and crying and la- I did a lot of laughing. I think laughing was my purge. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I feel like that's uh, consistent with your personality. You yeah. have such a cute laugh and you're always laughing and giggling. So, um, yeah. And then I, I realized like, I can't eat this right now, but I didn't know what to do with myself. I, it was kind of, um, it was just really hard to, to figure out what I needed in that moment. Like, do I need to eat? Do I need to drink? Do I need to sit down? Do I need to lay down? Do I need to walk outside? Um, do I need to like talk to somebody? Do I need to be quiet? Do I need to be by myself? Like it just, I didn't know what I needed. I just felt like super anxious and like very uncomfortable, like in my body. And so I went to talk to one of the guides because I'm like, all right, well, this person hasn't drank. So maybe they're a little bit more coherent about like what's going on. And they've had experience. And this was my first night. And I also didn't want to freak out because I knew that if I were to start freaking out about it, or I would just turn myself into like the downward spiral. So I went and talked to somebody and <clears throat> he was great. Like, I, it was like, well, just imagine that you're in a lucid dream. Like you're dreaming right now. And I was like, okay, that that's a little bit more like helpful. And he's like, this doesn't last forever. I was worried that I drank too much. He's like, well, you're talking to me now. So obviously you didn't drink too much. And I just remember laying down and and looking up at the ceiling and be like, I don't know what I need. And he said, well, what, when you ask yourself that question, what is the answer? And I put my hand on my stomach and I was like, I don't know. I feel like my, my digestive system is like totally fucked right now. He said, no, you're actually being cleaned out. Like it's returning to its most like pristine state. And I was like, okay, I can, I can deal with that too. And I laid there for a little bit more and I breathed and I was like, you know what? I need to go to the bathroom. So I went to the toilet and immediately threw up, like threw up whatever soup had gotten down and it felt really, really good to get it out. And so here I am in the bathroom by myself. I think everybody or most people have already gone to bed. So I am alone. Like I'm alone with the medicine. I am alone in this little room with a candle. And I'm like, don't look in the mirror. (laughs) I just remember sitting on the floor and it was like a voice with me. 
and it was a female voice and it said, your body is sacred. Your womb is sacred. Even the blood that you bleed every month is sacred and nothing about you is wrong. I was like, wow. And like that just kept like repeating, like your body is sacred. Your body is sacred. And I've had such a history of mistreating my body. Like in the past, I had um, bulimia. I had an eat- so I had an eating disorder. I would work out obsessively because not because I loved my body, but because I, I had self-hatred. I would let people in sexually when I, I wasn't really ready or I wasn't fully consenting. I had the history of um, alcohol abuse and drug abuse. And um, yeah, just not, and not honoring and listening to my body for like a huge portion of my life. So to hear that like loud and clear and to make that promise, like right there in the bathroom, yes, my body is sacred. And then she went on further, like, and this goes into the, the sexual part. She's like, do not let anyone enter your temple until you feel fully worshipped and seen and like held in your power. And like, I just kept hearing those things like over and over again. And I was like, wow, that is, that is powerful. That is so powerful. Like this, it just, it just comes to me, like listening to you reflect and just how powerful this work is. And I just really want to honor you as well for sharing and sharing the specifics of how you, you know, in your words, mistreated your body. Um, and I just really like honor you for sharing that with us. I know so many people can relate and have been on degree to varying degrees, journeys like that with our own physical body. And I just think, thank you so much for sharing that. And what a powerful experience you had. I can feel it in your words and your energy. Yeah. And, and some of the things that I'm learning, so I'm in Layla Martin's, um, year and a half long Vita woman coaching training program for love, sex and relationships. And it's a tantric approach to healing. And I, feel so aligned. Like I feel, I resonate with like everything (laughs) that like she's talking about and teaching. And it goes so in line with this, with this ayahuasca journey. And I received the application actually right after I returned home. And I was like, okay, I'm doing, I'm like, I'm getting on this and doing this. But something I learned yesterday in class was that we find we have the ability to find our divinity and actually truly embody the divine through our humanness, like through our bodies. You know, she said that you could be this ultra spiritual person and like not take care of yourself <laughs> and that you're not embodying like real spirituality or you could say that you're spiritual and have these spiritual practices, but actually be an asshole. And so it's, it's learning that like your humanness, your light and dark and our bodies, they are the link. It's the bridge to the divine. And I, it's just all these things are just like the, the path is like being lit up. And so that, that night, so beautiful. but I had the sense that like, she wasn't finished with me, especially since I didn't start feeling it until later. And I, instead of going to bed, I laid back down on my, um, my mat. And that's when the 
visuals started coming in like so much stronger. And it was the more of those like grotesque like images, but I felt that moving through my intestines and it was like, uh, I don't know, maybe, a you know, those like cameras that can go into your, your gut. It was like, I was able to see what was getting cleared out and I didn't feel alone. You know, I was up there by myself, but I didn't feel alone. I felt like she was with me showing me these things, but she was showing me like, this is what we're clearing. Like, this is good. That's the magic of this medicine. Like you really don't feel like you're alone. You feel like you're, you're with someone, you're in there, which is part of, I think, understanding and experiencing the divine connection that we are never alone, but specifically what it's like to commune with the spirit of this plant is just so powerful. Yeah, I am so grateful for that night. Um, It took me a long time to get to sleep, but I did dream. And one of the dreams that I had was really powerful. So I was, it was like I was at work, but it was a totally different setting. Um, I knew it was my office, I could feel it. And that there was a, uh, an older man, like I think maybe, you know, late 50s, like coming in to see me as a client. And we were discussing like kind of what he had to look forward to with working with me. And he's like, Oh, but witchcraft is bad. And I was like, no, no, no. Witch just means wise. It's wisdom. And he's like, and crystals are bullshit. And I said, no, no, no. Like maybe you just haven't felt it yet. Like how can you know what something is or isn't until you've actually experienced it? Um, You know, you don't, you can't miss like what you don't know. So he just hadn't had experience. And I just remember getting like very frustrated, like in my dream and pushing back, like with my, my powers, like, no, like just because you don't believe this doesn't mean that it's not possible for, for me or other people to have that experience. And I shared that with one of the guides in the morning, um, cause we were talking about dreams and he said, that is the conversation with the part that keeps you small from stepping into your, you know, your witch wisdom power and you standing up for yourself for that part that's trying to keep you small. I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) So good. I love that. That's exactly what was coming to me when you, um, when you were talking it through, like I am not like super experienced in dream interpreting, but I dream a lot. So every morning I like, like I lay in bed and tell Joe about my dreams and then we try to analyze them. And like that concept that we, um, for the most part, like we are a part of ourself is the person, the other people in the dream and to find like where that is in ourself is so powerful. Like to look at that and yeah, what a, what a powerful dream, what a gift to be like, shutting that voice down, that voice of doubt, that voice of fear or that little voice that, yeah, keeps you kind of not quite crossing the threshold into your fullest potential. Yeah. I feel like after that first night, I was like, you know what, how can I be scared of really the opinion of anybody? I just heard my own inner critic. Like no one is as mean as that person. (laughs) And yeah, it was, I, it was hard the entire experience. I didn't really sleep. I think I was processing things like for a good, like five days. Um, beautiful, like beautiful processing. Like once I learned what surrender actually meant and felt like, because I had this mental idea of surrender and I'm like, Oh yeah, I understand. Like you gotta let go. And, but I didn't really know what that meant. And like really letting 
that sensation build and feel it and acknowledge it. And then it just dissolves with that acceptance. Like that was super powerful. Um, the second night, my intention was love, like just simply love. And I started feeling the medicine a little bit sooner, um, that night. And I purged, um, pretty soon into the ceremony. And then, then I felt amazing. I was just like, wait, is there something wrong? Am I doing this wrong? Cause I feel great. <laughs> and I was dancing at the music and I was just kind of like shimming and sliding. And, um, I had this moment, I don't know how long it last of just lasted of just pure gratitude for everything. It was like in my mind, I just started listing off these things that I was grateful for and like seeing the image of them and then feeling it. It was like each time I visualized something I was grateful for, I felt it spark in my whole body. And it was like, oh my God, I'm I'm grateful for that. And that, and this person, and I could see every single person in the circle in my mind's eye. And I was hugging them. And I was just like, oh, I love you so much. And all the people in my life, I could just see like how much I loved all of them. Um, I even had an extreme amount of gratitude for my ex-husband who committed suicide this time last year. Um, He showed up actually in the first night and that was really rough because it was, it was not me seeing him. It was him. Like I could see myself through his eyes. So I saw myself as the villain and all the, the ways that he saw me and all the ways that he projected his shadows like onto me. And I could understand. I started Mm -hmm. to just like have this compassion of like, Oh, well, if that's how you saw me, like, of course, that's how you would have interacted with me. And I was like, but wait, that's not who I am. Like this, I know who I am. Like you didn't the last few years or even the last 10 years of your life, you didn't take the time to see who I am. And so why would I take your opinion like for anything? Like you don't know me. What a beautiful deep insight that must be. And I think like so much of my healing has come from looking at either my role in something, you know, always having to understand like, well, what is my role here and how am I being seen or perceived or experienced? Because that gives me both compassion and empathy for the other person and like just understanding that that's how they're experiencing it and that's how they're seeing it. Um, And also obviously by looking at myself and what my role is, like that's really the only thing that we can shift and change. And it's so easy to project it onto everybody else and to just see like how they made us feel and how the situation happened to us. But that's giving away all of our power. I always find as quickly as I can come back to like, how am I being experienced and how am I contributing? It's like, that's where I'm in my powerful position where I can actually, you know, move the outcomes of things versus just being like in the washing machine with it all. Right. And we're all mirrors of each other and it can be a clear mirror or it can be a smoky mirror. And I've realized, especially in the last couple of years, that taking responsibility for my life is like one of the most empowering things that I can do. But it's also like, it's hard. Like it's hard to look at that. Like, 
oh, I'm not the one in the wrong. Like my ex was, and I, you know, had this string of relationships where I felt like they were, you know, they were toxic and unhealthy and um, at times abusive. And while abuse is not okay, like ever, like you should not tolerate that. Um, I had to look at my part. Like, where did I stay? Where did I contribute? Where was I the one? That's how we are in our power. Like I still chose to stay in, you know, a manipulative relationship in my um, case. And I can spend all my time being pissed off at someone for being manipulative and angry and that it shouldn't have happened to me. But all of my growth and power is in exploring and examining the depths of why I was okay to stay in something that was making me feel so confused, so lost, so crazy, um, and so like not myself. What was it in me? And, you know, for me, it was a fear of abandonment and just lack of self-worth and not enough love. But that's where my power lay to actually take those things back and work on those things. And the power in that is knowing that I won't then be in a manipulative or abusive relationship or situation in the future. Right. And trusting yourself, like this starts there. Like I trust myself now enough to know that I'm going to see that and I'm going to trust my body because my body is sacred. Like she's there to, to teach me. And it's, you know, we get clouded in the, the mind, but like our bodies are in the present. Like they, they're like, I'm right here. This is exactly what I'm feeling. So I just have to trust that part of me and to trust that I'm going to make the right decision and trust that I'm not going to abandon myself. Because how can anyone abandon you if you don't abandon yourself? Exactly. How can anyone betray you? How can anyone... I mean, it's, it's a fascinating question when I started doing all the work on the core wounding and understanding those core wounds, betrayal, abandonment, humiliation, injustice, and rejection, rejection (laughs) (laughs) to ask myself when I'm experiencing, you know, one of those feelings like, and for me, abandonment is the strongest one that I tend to feel. It's like, where have I abandoned myself in this situation? How am I abandoning that person? Just to flip it around and look at that because we tend to act out also. our own wounding on other people because it's like almost a protective mechanism if we do it to somebody else before they can do it to us or whatever it makes us feel powerful but that's very different to feeling empowered and in our power yeah those books by lisa borbo are amazing (laughs) literally the best books i've ever read in my life so life-changing oh my goodness yeah anyway sorry for distracting no (laughs) No, that's good. I could talk about that all day. I, I love that, <laughs> that work. But it, I'm so grateful that I had the groundwork. Like that is something, you know, that I want to say to people that are interested in plant medicine is that it's okay. The medicine's not going to do the work for you. It just helps you to be more aware and see an angle and a perspective that like maybe you never even thought of because it takes you out of that normal pattern th- of thinking. Um, but you have to do the groundwork first. Like you have to have already started like, you know, tapping into like, what is shadow work so that you're not terrified when shadows come up or like, what, what are my core wounds? So that when I look at myself, I can see the mirrors like in other people. Um, also, you know, just laying the groundwork with like your own health, like 
you have to look at your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health before you go into that. Otherwise you're not like really going deep. It's just like, it's very, it can be just surface layer. Like it can be insightful, but I believe. And it's still the, I think it's still the magic pill thing. Like if, which is what our whole pharmaceuticals have kind of conditioned our whole society to just look for this magic solution and I think that's, I'm so glad you brought that up, actually. I think it's a really important conversation where, you know, plant medicine in my case was the thing that really moved the needle. So it does feel like it feel, I'm so grateful because I was struggling, but I was doing so much work and I had done so much work. And if I hadn't done all of that work in preparation for it, I don't know that it would have been the thing that moved the needle. You know, I don't know what it would have been. And it is all of these practices in the lead up, but also and also afterward um, to help us integrate, to help us move forward that give us such a grounding. Um, I had Anna Stoker on the show last episode, or no, maybe two episodes ago, who was my friend from Australia, um, who had like a very intense awakening and her integration was incredibly difficult. Um, and I, I mean, while she had some practices and some self-awareness, I don't think she had you know, the level and the depth of practices that perhaps you and I have. And so it made her integration quite difficult as well because there was more work that needed to be done afterwards. But yeah, so that was just a just a good point, I think, that you make there around working with these medicines is in conjunction with, I've just found it so powerful in conjunction with all of my other practices and things that I can access literally any moment of the day. I mean, we can't drink ayahuasca every time we want to get nor what I want to (laughs) every time I want to work through something (laughs) I'm done with Aya for a little while (laughs) yeah and integration you know that's where like the real magic happens you can get all these messages and downloads like I could have gotten the the message your body is sacred and then gone back and done everything that I was doing before like getting those messages of like your body is sacred it's like okay well what do I do with that with that information. And so coming back into it, I'm like, all right, what am I putting in my body? Like also, what am I putting in my mind? Who am I letting into my space and my energy? And I don't think it's like a, okay, I'll do it for a week when I get back. And then like, we'll see how it goes. Like it's becomes a lifestyle, like a life change, but it's the awareness of like, Hey, this, this thing here could nudge you. Like maybe listen. And, you know, just like all lessons in life, they're going to spiral back around unless you learn them. Yeah, 100%. So tell us about the second night, about you you were kind of getting to that point where it was very beautiful and very, and you were like, am I doing it wrong kind of thing? Because (laughs) I guess the first experience had been a lot more challenging. Um, How did that kind of end out and how has your integration been, speaking of it? So... I had, you know, this just amazing gratitude, like really feeling and embodying like love and gratitude, um, as well as, uh, feelings of the importance of community. Like it was so cool. We had a a rose ceremony and my middle name is Rose and I have roses on my back. And so it just like to prepare for that during the day too, to take the individual rose petals and put intentions into each individual rows like that was powerful just that experience but then in the evening you know our our guide she 
got everyone around the bowl of rose petals. I mean, this was like overflowing. I mean, this was like 20, 30 dozen roses, like petals of all these roses. So it was a lot. It was amazing. I've never seen that many rose petals in my life. It was so beautiful. And so she came over and I was the first one that she came over with this like pot of rose petals. And I I just had this feeling of like, oh my God, she's going to do it. She's going to do it. And she took a huge handful of rose petals and was singing over me and dropping rose petals over me. And I just, I felt like a two-year-old, just like so giddy. I didn't know what to do with myself, like just giggling. And I was so happy and just so in love. And I was so in love with everybody there. Like, I mean, if there's, if that was, wasn't a glimpse of into heaven, like, I don't know, like what would be like, it was so profound. Um, and then that, that night it was, it was difficult to, um, to get to sleep. It was almost like I went to this super high peak of love and joy and peace and heaven. And then towards the, like the end of the night, like I just remember having, um, a really, really hard time, um, getting to sleep. And then I had to, you know, keep going in and out. Like I was crying. Um, my dad's death anniversary was actually over one of the, the days that we were there. And so he, it was very um, profound. Like I felt him and I allowed myself to grieve. And I think because of that space of love, I felt that it was safe to actually express that. I mean, it was, it was like years of repressed grief was able to flow out of me. Um, it was, it was beautiful. Like all of it's beautiful. There are definitely challenging points, but I think that that makes it that much more worth it. You know, just like hard work, building a business or, or building your body or the challenge of like raising a child, like all of it is challenging, but all of it is also so beautiful and rewarding. Um, so that was, that was really interesting to go from that super high point to just like, Oh, I am grieving. Like I, I can't not get this out of me right now. Um, and then what a gift. Yeah. Um, but integrating able to be there with, Oh, sorry. I was going to say I was able to be there with you for some of that time when you were grieving and obviously having lost my dad myself as well. Like I just, have a lot of empathy for that. And I think grief is such a, you know, it's such a non-linear journey. Like it's, it just comes and goes and time doesn't seem to play a factor with grief. You know, it can hit you in moments and, and it's, it's beautiful when it does and it's to embrace it. I find because it's like moving more of it, moving more of that energy and honoring whatever it is that you are letting go of. Yeah. And it what I feel like I was grieving more than just like the loss of my father. It was so many things. And I think that's what made it so strong was there's just like all these things were like, I want to be acknowledged. I need to be acknowledged. And it was just like the dam broke open. <laughs> but it was also so powerful to get to have you come downstairs for that moment with some of the other girls and just 
of having the group energy there, period. Like it just felt like this is my time to release. Like this is, this is okay to let that energy out. I'm safe. I'm seen, I'm held, I'm heard. And I, it just opened up so much in me before I went back home. I'm so grateful to you because that, as you know, you were there, that opened a space for me to process something that um, I won't talk about it in detail on this show because I'm going to do a whole episode about it. But essentially, you know, I'm thinking back to when you were having the rose petals showered on you and at the end of the last ceremony, you were in absolute bliss. Like I was processing coming out of facing my own death in that last ceremony. And, and I will talk about it in more detail coming up, but it was the hardest thing I've ever probably gone through it definitely my hardest ayahuasca experience that I can remember and I didn't know how to talk about it because we did our sharing circle and there was a lot of bliss with the rose petals and everything like that and I was feeling just really shell-shocked um and I hadn't spoke I didn't tell Joe I didn't tell anyone and so it was the next day I don't know mid-afternoon or something that I was able to hold space for you with a couple of our other girlfriends and and your opening just allowed my heart to open and I shared with, with you girls what I was moving through and you guys really helped me process that it was more of a metaphorical death and you just reminded me of that. I was grieving, you know, a part of myself that I've shifted, I've grown and I'm letting go and I'm moving on to a next stage in my life. But yeah, for that kind of, I don't know, 12-hour period or whatever it was, I was just really struggling to understand what I'd experienced in my ceremony. So I'm really grateful to you as well for opening that space for me in that moment because it was incredibly healing. Yeah, I think that is so beautiful. Just, you know, even hearing everybody's journeys in the sharing circle, like there is medicine in every person. It's like, oh, you carried that part for the group. Like, but all of this is universal. And I think that also helps us heal too. It's like, I'm not the only one who feels grief. I'm not the only one who feels rejection, abandonment, humiliation, betrayal, or injustice. Like these are universal. And I think that's what helps us if we realize that and realize that we're all connected, whether it's our bliss or our pain, like it's all human and it's all divine and it's all perfect. And then we can look at it, not from a place of being a victim, but like that empowered and responsible stance. Like there's Mm -hmm. just so much, so much medicine. Um, What's interesting is I was still feeling the effects of her for days afterwards. Um, I think the day before I traveled back home, I stayed with one of our friends and um, had an experience where yeah, I was met with my, my death. Like I, I couldn't sleep. I was up. I felt like I was still in like a dream world. I was like, where am I? I'm in this unfamiliar place. My body feels weird. Uh, I started getting this thought that like my body was shutting down. I was like, Oh my God, this is it. This is it. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Like I, and there's nothing I can do about it. And I, I remember laying in bed and there were parts of me that just wanted to keep holding on. It was like, oh, we have to hold on to um, 
my mom, I was like, what is my mom going to think? What about my mom? Do I need to call her? What about my daughter? I'd be leaving my daughter. What about my boyfriend? I'd be leaving him and my friends and my business. And I still have so much I wanted to do and see. And there was just, I realized there's so many points that I'm still like attached to, like in this life. And then I heard this gentle voice that was like, it's okay. They're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's fine. We, it, things are great on the other side. And it's like, okay, here I go. And I just remember sinking into the bed. I was like, I'm dying. This is it. Like, I'm just going to die here. And I hope that, you know, everyone knows that I love them. <laughs> like it was like, I was sending mental love notes to everyone. And then I, something crazy, amazing happened. I had a full body orgasm. Like, it, I felt it radiating from my belly, like down into my pussy, down into my legs. I felt just like energy, like shooting through my fingertips. Um, I was breathing deep and I was sharing a room with one of the girls that we, we were with. And she's like, Savannah, are you okay? I was like, yeah. Oh my God. I'm so good. It's <laughs> like, do you think? Cause she was used to me like crying every night. <laughs> like, you can hold my hand, come hold my hand. And I felt like she was my doula through like, if it was death to orgasm to birth, I don't know. She was just my, my spiritual yeah. doula in that moment. And she's holding my hand and I'm like half out of it, you know, again, in that, like, am I awake? Am I asleep? I mean, by this point I hadn't slept really in five days, <laughs> maybe six. And I, I was like, Oh my gosh, every buddy and everything that I've met is a guide. I was like, even the trees outside are guides and butterflies and the sun and how the, the cycles and, and this person and this person and this person, like they're all guides and oh my God, it's everything is for me, everything. And it was just like, ah, <laughs> just, and I had wow. really like just orgasmic sensation. I had this visualization of like my future self. And I saw her like sun-kissed skin, like hair, wild hair, flowing dresses, like dancing in a garden, like rainbows, like just water droplets on like pineapple leaves. Like just, it was gorgeous. And I was like, that's me. That's, that's me. That's where I'm going. I got this. And then it felt like, then I definitely couldn't sleep because it felt like Christmas Eve. I was like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I'm going to be with you in that garden with the flowy dress yes. and the wild hair. <laughs> Love it. In our commune. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> and I went downstairs and just wrote in a journal, like, probably like five or six, like huge pages. Um, and I, I was just so excited, like so excited for my life. And I, I went on my journey back home and it was a long journey and I just got to really process things. And I was like, Oh, this is what I thought I wanted like over here in this corner. But I was like, but actually if I'm being super honest with myself, I'm going this way. And then I got Layla's, uh, email like the the day after I got home and instead of being like you know I'm gonna write down my answers and then I'll copy them and and paste and and I'll really think about it think about what I'm gonna say I, I was just sitting out at my pool like filling out the application like 
barely being able to see my screen because it was sunny out. <laughs> but I'm just like tapping away. And one of the questions was about, you know, what are you most excited about this program? And I was like, oh my God, I get to talk about sex. Like we get to learn about all things sex and love, like my favorite subject ever. And I was like, my pussy is lighting up just talking about this. And I just was me. I just showed up as me. I didn't overthink my answers. And then five days later, I got accepted into the program. And then uh, it was like, how are you going to pay for this? And I was like, all right, we're doing it. In. And it's just been an amazing like ride since. Like We're in the early bird stages, but it's just we're already learning so much. And it's like, I listened to my truth and my heart and I followed my pussy, which is probably like the best advice I can give. (laughs) I love it. And I just, it's so incredibly powerful how when we just be in our alignment and we just be with our yes, with our knowing, with our pussy, with our heart, whatever it is, it's like everything just unfolds. It's really amazing and how quickly and how like almost like directly like here's the thing you said yes so here it is right in front of you yeah but it's still about choice right like we have Mm -hmm. opportunities all around us all the time like we there's a perfect connection that you could meet like you know when we get off the podcast you could run into someone and be like oh my gosh this is the person I've been looking for 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 this thing or you could have this conversation that just like drives whatever you've been searching for at home, or you have an opportunity to make money over here. Here's this brand new idea that's like popped into your mind, but we still have to make this choice ultimately, like to take action or the choice to open ourselves up to looking at things in a different way. And I think that is where, you know, plant medicines are not like the only way, but they've definitely been my way. Like they've been, um, just like little guides, like, hello, (laughs) try this. Um, So I think that's where I have like such a love and reverence for plant medicines, especially since they are nature, like we are nature. Nature itself is perfect and it doesn't make mistakes. It doesn't do something because it's like, oh, I think I'll try this random thing. Like it has a purpose as it's like moving forward. Like an evolution it has a purpose and direction. Like, I mean, gravity, like if a, you drop a ball, like gravity, it just goes straight down, like the most direct route. So why wouldn't us being nature, being perfectly nature and like ayahuasca or psilocybin mushrooms, like why wouldn't they be an integral part of our healing and knowing and connection? Like mm-hmm. it just, it just Real makes sad. sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well said. I totally agree with you. It's it's powerful and the more that I've dove dove, the more that I've dove into the work um and learned more about the space and I'm still not super nerdy about it, but like the stories that I've read about how this plant medicine has been used in the past in with tribes and different lineages and different indigenous people around the world, like it's always been used for connection and release and ritual and healing and growth and expansion. Um, and what a gift that we're now welcoming it in the West or in our modern world. Yeah. That's the thing, um, that I would love like for people to, to grasp is that plant medicines 
are a way to become a better person. Like they just want, they just make me want to become a better version of myself. Like there, it's not an escape for me. I'm not eating mushrooms to be like, fuck reality. I'm out. It's like, okay. Um, there's this pattern in my life that keeps showing up and I don't like so much. What shadow is keeping me small in this area? And then I eat a mushroom and I set the intention and I put a mask on and I go inside and I realize plant medicines are not like the answers are always inside of us. Mm -hmm. Like realizing that we are the guru that we've been looking for. Like nobody on the outside is going to tell us exactly what we need to live our lives like to the fullest. Like they might give suggestions. There might be people that you want to emulate. And so you're like, well, how do you get to that? But ultimately, like no one can tell you what your purpose or your pleasure or your path is. And that's where I think that Tantra is like a huge step for me is like, I don't, you mean to say that I don't need a substance? I don't need another person. I don't need a certain amount of money or a thing to feel like full on bliss. Like what? It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy for you on the path you're on. It sounds just so aligned and so expansive and so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me too and to watch you grow. Like I've known you almost two years now. <laughs> it's amazing. I know, that's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I'm sure our souls have been hanging out for like lots of parallel timelines and actual time and however all that works <laughs> yeah, for sure That's oh, I love it <laughs> well thanks Savannah so much for sharing all of that it was just so beautiful and I know people will get a lot out of it I really think there's so much value in like the breadth of what you shared like the darkness and the light and all of the experience we have we're using this plant medicine <clears throat> which is really a metaphor for life isn't it i mean mm-hmm. if we only had a blissful experience in the medicine i mean that's not necessarily representative of what life is life can be blissful but it, we also have pain and suffering and different experiences we we're here to experience the richness of all of that um and i've just learned so much from the plants just in those ways, not so much from the actual teachings or whatever, but just from the experience and the the experience of allowing everybody to be in their own experience and leaving them in their own experience and being okay with the experience I'm currently in while somebody right next to me is in bliss and not judging myself or them. You know, that's just a metaphor for life as well. We're all, like you said, we're all connected. We all experience all of these different things, but not at the exact same time. And there's beauty in that. So, so much wisdom, sister. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of that. I've absolutely loved it. And we will definitely have all the ways that people can reach out to you in the show notes. What work are you doing with people right now that people, that, that our listeners should know about? Um, so I'm diving into uh, more of the integrative coaching that I do because I also do massage therapy and yoga and Reiki. But definitely my um, focus is on love, sexuality, and relationships. Like even before taking Layla's courses, like those are the books and the experiences that I wanted to dive the most deeply into. Like I have probably two or three shelves of 
love sex and relationships books that when I pick those up, I devour them and then I can't wait to integrate them. Um, so I have a lot of wisdom and experience like in those areas and especially on self-love and self-healing and um, sexuality with yourself and self-pleasure. Like I love that aspect and that's something that we can do remotely. Uh, so the massage part, that's probably the only like in-person part of what I do anymore. So everything else mm-hmm. can be done remotely. And I would love to call in um, women who are ready to step into their own sovereignty, their own power through creativity, pleasure, and play, and to show them like what they can gather from that. Like that is, that's where I'm at right now. That's my purpose and my drive. Mm, I love it. And I absolutely love talking about all of these things with you. I always get a lot out of our conversations around this. So I highly encourage everyone to jump on Instagram and follow you and all of those things. And we'll definitely include all the links in the show notes and all that. But thank you so much, Savannah, for coming on. So good to have you on the show again. I'm sure you'll be on again um, following some adventure we have together in another year's time or whatever it may be. (laughs) Yes. I have so much love for you. And thank you so much for having me and letting me share. Like to share it is medicine for me too. Like to just really... um, integrate even what I experienced by, by teaching and talking about it. It's so helpful. I love that. I love you, sister. Thank you.